Welcome to the Micah Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. I'm Mike here with Micah, LQ, and Prime. How's everybody doing this week? Chilling good. All the above, man. We in Hollywood, man. <laughs> we're gonna get to we're gonna get to all of that. We have a great episode planned for today. Um, the NFL draft was this past weekend, so we're gonna break down some of the top picks from there. Also, the second round started. Um, second round started over the weekend, so we'll talk about the first games that have uh, that have gone into the books, and then the upcoming games that will be played uh, later tonight. But of course, of course, first we're going to start with the NFL draft with the number one overall pick. The Arizona Cardinals decided to select Kyler Murray. This was uh, the worst kept secret throughout the season that once Kyler Murray declared to be in the NFL draft, that Arizona was going to move on from. Josh Rosen and take him. Arizona did trade Josh Rosen to the Miami Dolphins for, I believe, a second-round pick. But I just want to get your thoughts on this Kyler Murray getting picked that now it's official and we know that he is now the face of the franchise in Arizona. Um, for the Cardinals, man, I think it's a it's a cool move for whatever they're trying to do in a new direction they're going in, man. If they felt like Rosen wasn't that guy, why not go get your guy? Like, uh, Kingsbury... You know, he didn't draft Rosen, so he wasn't indebted to him. So, man, uh for Rosen, I hope, is really like a fire under him. He has a good stand in Miami. Michael? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too mad. I'm actually excited for this pick at one. Uh, I think Kyler Murray and under Cliff Kingsbury's system is going to be uh, the perfect fit. It's not necessarily going to blow anybody out of the water, maybe the first year or something like that, but – I think continuing to progress and for both of them, honestly, because it is both their rookie years, being a head coach and the starting quarterback for an NFL team, I just think that they can make magic if they need to make magic or if they really want to make magic. Uh, as LQ pointed out, bro, I mean, Josh Rosen, I'm sorry. It's a tough league. Honestly, you should be the starter in Miami by the time week five comes around. No, nah, he'll be starting week one. I think he's starting week one. I would one. hope. Because the only other bro, quarterback I mean, they have is Ryan Fitzpatrick, so. Bro, I mean, unless you're straight up might, trying to tank, then low key they they might be I trying mean, to they, tank. They might have to have a six. They might have to have a sixteen game sample just in case he might become that quarterback, and you don't need to. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the reports that we've heard about them trying to tank for Tua. But if you get Josh Rosen, and they do pretty well in the season where they don't have that much on offense. I think they go ahead and stick with stick with Josh Rosen there. And, Thoughts on uh, Kyler? Uh, it's all right. You know, we'll we'll see what he does. Uh, got some. I'm not gonna sit here and be like he's in a position where Baker Mayfield was. Uh, the Browns were, even though they did have uh, a losing season before he came, you can see kind of like the growth. Like even though they were losing a lot of their games. They were still competitive, unlike the previous years where they were just getting blown out. So, uh, Kyler Murray does have a little bit of, you know, he has some talent over there. He has the coach that always wanted him. So, it should be exciting. You know, we play him second game of the year, so it should be fun. Yeah, so that that it's been a very, very interesting um, – it's been a very interesting time for – the San Francisco 49ers it looked like last year. Everybody said that that was the biggest sleeper team in uh biggest sleeper team in the NFL. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL and a lot of problems 
uh, fell from there. They didn't have a great season, and they ended up getting the number two pick. With this pick they took, potentially a lot of people are saying the best player in the draft, the most impact that you'll get immediately with Nick Bosa. So, Mike, I want to start with you. What were your thoughts on 49ers getting Nick Bosa, and where do you see them going next year now that everything is back with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back? They now have a star at defensive end, and it's looking like everything is coming together. I think this is a perfect pick for the 49ers. This team lacked um, really just a lot of playmaking on defense. Uh, they only forced seven turnovers, four fewest in the league. Uh, they were a team that, you know, it just – there was something always missing on that defensive side, really since the Patrick Willis days, since they made that nice Super Bowl run. Um, I like, you know, supplements and having a star on offense and possibly a, a budding star on defense. If they can get guys like the Forrest Buckner, if they can get – you know, guys like D Ford, who they got in the offseason to really step up. I feel like the Niners are probably the fastest rising team in the NFL. Um, They might make some wild card noise depending on how they play it this year. We're going to see what happens on the offensive side and if Jimmy Garoppolo is really the quarterback and is really the answer. But I think for our number two pick perspective, it's the perfect pick. And I think they knocked it out of the park. Thank you. Um, yeah, man. Like you said, last year they were one of the sleeper teams. I feel like uh, it kind of took away with the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. So this year, with him being back healthy and Nick Bosa might be that missing piece on defense, man. They've been going DN, I think, what, uh, three out of the last four years? Yeah. So uh, hopefully he's that guy to be the last piece of the puzzle and they figure some things out and make some noise in that very, very newly competitive NFC West. And Prime? Um, It was probably the 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 best pick they could did right there. Um, now their D line is very scary. It's probably on paper they probably have the best defensive line in the league. Bosa, D four, Solomon Thomas, and you got Defrost. So they got they got some guys. So that was pretty a pretty easy pick for them. Yeah, I agree there. I thought uh, getting Nick Bosa. I think he's the best pure just player in the. Uh, draft I would have picked him number one if I was the Arizona Cardinals but the 49ers definitely got a great pick there um number three Quentin Williams we don't really have much to talk about that he was the best available he's a great player from Alabama Jets did a really good job there moving on to num- number four with the Raiders this is where the surprises started to happen <laughs> um looking at a lot of the mock drafts I know we looked at a bunch of mock drafts we even made our own Hutton Farrell was um mid to late Mid at best, late first rounder that was potential a potential player to go to a lot of playoff teams, but John Gruden dismissing his scout team decided, you know what, I'm not listening to anybody. I'm I'm going to do it myself. And with that number four pick, he took Clement Farrell. So I want to start with you, Prime. What were your initial thoughts on that pick, and where do you think the Raiders are going from here? My first reaction, to be honest, was like, "Who? Like, I, I, I like, I know who he is, and I you know everybody knows how dominant Clemson defensive line is." But I wasn't, I didn't see that, man. I was thinking Josh Allen or you know anything but that. To be honest, I mean, it's not like he's a bad player. He can, you know, he can probably end up being a Pro Bowl player. But when you're when you're drafting in that one to five range, you're looking for surefire Hall, yeah. yeah, Hall of Fame players like. You traded Khalil Mack. Obviously, he's not linked to the number four trade, but uh, I mean, the number four spot, but you traded away Khalil Mack. You know, maybe 
Pharaoh would have been more dominant if he had Mac and with him. Maybe that would have been better, but they don't have you know any type of pass rush, and I don't think he's the number one guy to be on your on your uh, on your D line. Michael, yeah. So my biggest thing about this, if you're gonna go to edge rusher route, and you're the Raiders four. The only edge rusher that was probably going to the top 10, like true, true edge rusher, not the hybrid linebacker kind of guy, was Josh Allen. And you guys let him fall to seven. So, all right, you don't go to Josh Allen, bro. Maybe you don't see it. You let Brian Burns fall. I, I honestly think he's probably a better he, edge he, rusher. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't better. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think he's Ed Oliver. Ed, Ed. Yeah, bro, Ed Oliver, too, if you want to go pure edge guys. Why didn't you go that route? I mean, I don't know. He could have even got Rashawn Gary for all – just for talking purposes, like it's not necessarily a bad thing. It was probably a late first round pick, but you had two, <laughs> you had two picks in this, uh, in the late twenties or in the mid twenties, you could have easily traded down and got a team that really could have just traded up. You could have got more assets. You could have got Clellan Farrell literally anywhere else in the first round. So I don't necessarily like it. I mean, he might be a great player, but he wasn't necessarily even the best D lineman on that Clemson D line. I was so dominant. Like I just, it's a it's a decent pick, and I'm not like too down on it. But at four, four, I mean, you like you say, you have to draft a Hall of Fame talent kind of guy. It just didn't stick. Yeah, uh, LQ. Yeah, I feel like at four, the consensus says, man, it's a, it's a huge reach, bro. Like uh, I, I thought Devin White was the I, I in my head watching the draft I was watching on uh, NFL Network and they were talking about it. Devin White was the pick, but they went with Clinton Farrell and hopefully that works out in their best interest, <laughs> man. I I don't think he's that Khalil Mack kind of talent. Maybe he proves us wrong and who knows? You know they should be the next uh, Aaron Donald. So I guess we just gotta wait and see now. Yeah, um, that's all we can do. I didn't like the pick. Uh, I was confused by the pick. I thought this was going to be the biggest storyline of the NFL draft, but the Buccaneers took Devin White. That was chalk. Everybody saw that coming. And then the New York football giants. Mm. Um, uh, Dave Gettleman, mm. uh, the all-knowing, all-powerful GM of the Giants, smarter than every other GM, smarter than every other analyst in the country, decided to take right. Duke's uh, Daniel Jones at number the number six pick. When we did our mock draft, Micah said that the Dolphins would reach for uh, Daniel Jones at 17. You were off, Micah, or at 13. He wasn't going at 13. He was going number six to to Dave Gettleman. So I want to start with you, Micah, where you talked about how Daniel Jones was – he looked like that prototypical quarterback that everybody loves. So why exactly did he go at six, and what do you see from uh, him producing-wise in the Giants? Honestly, the only reason – I've been thinking about this since it happened because – I think everybody's reaction was, why do you take Daniel Jones at six when literally every other quarterback is still on the board? Like, you let Dwayne Haskins fall. You didn't even look at Drew Locke. Obviously, you didn't get Kyler, so you get Daniel Jones at six. I mean, obviously, this is Gettleman being, uh, I guess, looking for the next Eli. This is what I really attribute this to. Um, There's some links with them anyway, but I guess that's really besides the point. The point is... This pick does not stick at six. Daniel Jones is a guy who I don't even think he's ready to start in two years. Now, they did say they're going to commit to uh, Eli Manning going forward, which is weird in itself, just now. He's not even the quarterback he was five years ago. I just, Daniel Jones, he's not it. He wasn't the top five quarterback. I mean, he probably was at five. He won't go top five quarterbacks in the draft. 
just from talent perspective in my eyes. Like, I didn't see it. I still don't see it. If he plays, we're going to see how it goes. But, I mean, the Giants absolutely bombed this pick. And not in the big <laughs> they, they tanked it, bro. They tanked it. LQ? Huge reach. Huge reach by any stretch of the imagination. Especially with them having another pick in the top 20. Even yeah. if they weren't able to, you know, get Haskins or Kyler or whoever, there's still two other quarterbacks with the possibility of being there at 17. Even if you don't want to pick at six, I'd rather you trade the six pick away and have two picks in the you know, bottom half of that 15 to 20 category. But it, I don't – an ACC quarterback – not even, not even a good ACC bro. Court. He lost to Wake Forest fifty-three to seven. Wake bro, Forest he had a game where he threw like we well, had like seven turnovers, bro. It was bad. It, it's, I, it's bad. I really think this is the uh, highest drafted Duke player in Duke history. You must have thought he was getting Zion. <laughs> yeah, I to. saw that tweet where they said the <laughs> government was like, "Wait, this ain't Zion." I mean, that's bad, it, bro. It makes no sense. And what, what were you thinking about this pick? Uh, to be honest, I was laughing. Uh, doesn't make any sense. But hey, you know, he's he's. Uh, to be honest, he looked like Eli. I that's the <laughs> reason that's, why hey, I was about to say, say it, bro. And you know, it says right here against three career games against Virginia, not Virginia Tech, <laughs> the Cavaliers. <laughs> he has a fifty point seven completion percentage with three touchdowns and nine interceptions. I mean, that's hey, shut up. That's all you gotta know, man. Obviously, Duke is not a powerhouse in football, but you gotta at least see some type of potential. I don't, I don't see any. Like, who's the the the, the kid from Auburn? Obviously, he Jared Sidham. Yeah, he didn't have the best stats and the best talent around him, and that offense may have not fit his skill set. But obviously, you still see you saw the potential, yeah, and the talent. You don't see anything with Daniel Jones. He's like, I, I don't understand. He must have had a good senior game. Yeah, Dave Gettleman. It was interesting. Dave yeah, Gettleman said that he took his senior game his, his senior bowl, uh, his three series, and he said that's where that's where he fell in love with. Uh, that's where he fell in love with Daniel Jones there. He just needed to watch three series, and he knew that's who he was taking. I mean, does – All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> who does he think he is, bro? All right. Yo, I, New York sports, bro, your only hope is in uh, Nets at this point, bro. No, no the Jets nailed it, bro. The, the Jets did the Jets, it. Yeah, they, oh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, they got Cody Williams. I should be the Jets. Yeah, they got Le'Veon right. Bell. Sam Darnold's going into the second the season. Like, I respect, I respect the that. The Bills did better than them. Yeah. The Bills, the Bills, no, rapping yeah. Yeah. So New York City sports. I, I, I'm a, I'm a Jets jersey kind of person. I see the distinction, but I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear yeah, you. I think um, New York. Your best bet right now is to hope uh, Kevin Durant comes through. Because if not, it's about to be you're about to be oh, sad God. for the next couple of years. Uh, watching be a long Eli, decade. Watching Eli and Daniel Daniel Jones try to basically fight. <laughs> Fight it out Bro, for uh, 8-8, and 9-7. Uh, the rest of the draft looked to be pretty chalk until we got uh, to the number 10 pick. So, I run through uh, 7, which was Josh Ooh. Allen, 8, TJ Hawkinson, 9, Ed Oliver. And then LQ, your Pittsburgh Steelers, decided that it was time to trade up and get, get the player that they thought was the best player, the player that can replace Ryan Shazier and get Devin Bush. What were your thoughts on this uh, Steelers getting this pick? So, at first, man, I was uh, just watching the draft, you know, like I said, on NFL Network, just casually, you know, watching. And uh, 
I see Ed Oliver get picked with the uh, ninth pick, and I think that's that is a very surprising pick. It's a lot of surprises going on in the first round. Then I see uh, the Denver Broncos have traded. Who did they trade? Let's let's see. It's a black and yellow graphic comes on the screen. It says the Steelers pick is in. I said this has to be our white. This is nope. It's not Devin White because we just gone. We got the next best Devin, Devin Bush. Devin Bush. Devin Bush. We've been seeking some help on defense, and uh, if we picked in the back end of the 20s, I know one of those cornerbacks would have been available, and that would have been a solid pick, but I guess we uh, we are in that win-now mode. Ben Roethlisberger just got his uh, three-year extension, so that window <laughs> is What is definitely... Big Bang getting three years for, bro? Come on, man. Yeah, Legacy. We got, we got three years to do it. Is what, what I got from that move is we got three years to make this happen. So, um... That was that. We got the extension done. We made the trade. We got Devin Bush, and I I can't wait, man. It's uh we've been really really bad at linebackers since Shazier has uh left us. <laughs> Even though uh, we're still paying. Uh, he stopped making Instagram posts now. <laughs> Trying to come back. Chill, chill. So. <laughs> He's uh, definitely filling that void, man, and I'm very, very happy and excited to see a lot of uh, analysts have been saying Devin Butch is the best player overall in the draft, so hopefully he is what they say he is, man, and I'm really looking forward to what he's bringing. Yeah, especially after going to Raw Edmonds last uh, last year in the draft. Mm-hmm. I know you were definitely oh, man. You were excited to finally get a, a good a good player uh, this year. Now we've had Jarvis Jones, a linebacker. And in the first round, that wasn't so good. Uh, a couple years back in the first three rounds, we selected uh, Bud Dupree. He hasn't really been giving us much productivity. So, uh, hopefully this new era and T.J. Watt and Devin Bush take us to the next level in defense. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's a good player. I'm not too worried. <laughs> you, you don't think you're, you're not worried about uh, your Ravens or anything? <laughs> Nah, man. Yeah, <laughs> he, he'll he'll make a difference, obviously, but uh, I ain't too worried. Micah, what do you think Keep about it. this pick? All right, so I think this is the perfect pick for what the Steelers wanted to do. My only thing is, I mean, they did give up three picks in general, but I mean, it's not necessarily bad when you want your guy and you feel like your guy is going to be a, a a Pro Bowl talent. I like. This on both sides, I guess, going from the trade side of things, from the Steelers to the Denver Broncos. It was a perfect um, deal. Well, it was a perfect deal because Drew Locke fell. And they still got Drew Locke in the second round. Yeah, if, and they got they, a, like, Noah Font. So that's they what I'm got saying. So they, they got two for one. So they got yeah. a playmaker for their new quarterback. And they got a guy who's probably going to be one of the best tight ends in the AFC coming in, just receiving tight end-wise. He's going to be up there at least top five, probably receiving yards in the AFC. So... That's good for tight ends, I should say, when you specify. So that's good on both sides. I'm not mad at it. I may have been mad they gave up the three picks. Well, two picks in this draft, one next year. I think for what they need to do to bolster the defense, it's fine. So we're going to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is a pick where you where you go wrong. Uh, he was the best, second-best linebacker. He's going to be uh, producing immediately for the Steelers. So everybody, that was a great pick all around for both the Broncos and the Steelers, like you said. Uh, moving through the draft, Bengals got Jonah Williams, Packers Rashawn Gary, Dolphins Christian Wilkins, Falcons Chris Lindstrom, uh, guard out of Boston College. Nice. And then we got to the number 15 pick. 
for some strange reason, Dwayne Haskins has fallen from a potential top five pick to number 15. So, Micah, as the other Redskins fan in this group chat, what did you think about this pick? I mean, dog, I was ecstatic. Once the writing was on the wall and I saw that Broncos traded back, at that point it was like, looking at it, no other team needed a quarterback. So it was clear that Haskins was most likely going to fall. It possibly could have happened with the Dolphins at their team, but I didn't necessarily think they were going to do that because I never saw any links. Like, if anything, we saw what they did getting Rosen. I figured they were going to do something like that. So he falls to us at 15. Oh. He's our starting quarterback. He's a quarterback of the future. He's a hometown guy. Went to Bullets. He's used to playing around here. I mean, he could have went to Maryland. Didn't necessarily work out. But, I mean, for at 15, he's definitely the best player available, I feel like. If you didn't want to go to – well, that's if you want to go to quarterback route. If you don't go to quarterback route, then he's probably not the best player available. At the end of the day, you're getting a person that broke basically every passing record in the Big Ten off one year at starting. That alone – deserves credit. It deserves recognition. We want to see how it do, uh, does with the Redskins, but I think it's a perfect fit, and I'm honestly, I'm not mad at this. I think it's great. Yep. Uh, Ant or, Ant or Elke, what do you think about the Redskins getting Dwayne Haskins? Surprise. Um... I actually did something correctly. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, calm me too, down, bro. bro. Uh, hey. he, he's going to be good. Um, definitely have to get some more weapons around him, and I definitely wouldn't play him this season only because he was a one-year starter so I think he still has some maturing to do but this is definitely it'll definitely be better than Dak in the NFC so nah he'll be he'll be between Wentz and 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 Dak bro he's possibly the second best QB already in the in the division yeah yeah. wait even even if even with him still going to the Redskins you don't think that we're gonna curse him or anything and he's still gonna be producing as a good quarterback nah he'll it's gonna be one or the other. It's gonna be he's gonna be producing, or he's gonna get hurt. Something gonna happen. <laughs> so you know, I'm just banking on he'll have, not nah, he'll have a career ending like maybe like Alex Smith for RG three, but he'll probably be dinged up a couple times. Probably start around 12, 13 games. But I think overall he'll be he'll be good for you guys. All right, LQ, what do you think about this pick? Um, it's a solid pick for you guys, man. Uh, anything is better than Josh Johnson. So, you know, I mean, if this is the direction you guys are going, and uh, I think it's a pretty aggressive move by you guys also. I wasn't really expecting that. Like, uh, especially like you guys were saying, man, you guys were linked with the Rosen, like, a lot. So, I figured that's what, what you guys would be doing. But, I mean, you guys want to ask him. That's your guy. He's from the area. He wants to be here. Uh, he was pretty uh, entertained seeing Daniel Jones pick before him. So, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully those uh, Giants Redskins games have a little bit more uh, fire to them this year or whenever these two start. Yeah, uh I it was it was definitely it was definitely an interesting pick. Um personally for me, I wouldn't have gone quarterback. I thought that uh Montez Sweat was the best available player at that position. We still ended up getting him. We'll touch on that a little bit later in the podcast, but we were still able to get him, so I was like, you know what? I can't be mad. They wanted to go quarterback. They think he's the guy. So if he truly is the guy, then I'll be happy with the pick. And I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Uh, moving on from there, we had Brian Burns, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons, Noah Fant with that pick uh, with the Broncos that traded back with the Steelers for Darnell Sal- a Savage from UMD. Shout out. Uh, Andre Dillard 
Titus Howard, Josh Jacobs. And then we got to Ant Ravens. They traded back and got Marquise Brown, wide receiver out of, out of Oklahoma, a speedster. Uh, they definitely need a wide receiver help. So what were your thoughts on this pick, Ant? Um, I loved it. I was a little scared because I thought we were going to go not really scared, but I thought we were going to go Montez Sweat, just the old Raven way. But I noticed as soon as, you know, with the draft being over, our new GM, Eric DaCosta, he's gone majority of offense, not like Ozzie Newsom would do. He used to go majority of defense. I think our new GM, uh, being there, even when Flacco was there, him being the assistant, he also – he see that speed kills and you need offense to put up points. So, um, Hollywood Brown, very good pickup. Uh, I don't expect him to be, you know, Tyreek Hill or anything. But if he can turn out to be like Tyler Lockett, I think that would be perfect for us. You know, five, ten-yard routes, he can take them for touchdowns. And with us going to be running the ball, we could take our couple shots a game. And, you know, every time he touches the ball – He's a threat. Magic score. happens. So, it's magical, yeah, yeah, so uh, I'm pretty happy about that. So we definitely needed that uh, a big play threat. We haven't had that probably since Ray Rice, and he's a damn running back. So, <laughs> uh, LQ, being a Steelers fan, how did you feel about the Ravens getting Hollywood Brown? You're actually your former uh, former teammate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, don't 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 forget that part. <laughs> I mean, it was it was cool, man. It's it nice to see the man get drafted first round, of course. Um, I I didn't really think that that would be the direction the Ravens went. I was expecting them to go, you know, maybe Ankeel or maybe at one of the other corners. But uh, Marquise Brown, man, he's he's had some pretty, like you guys said, magical and spectacular plays. He's one of the fastest wide receivers in the draft. Um, playing him twice a year, uh, this will be fun. I guess, you know what I'm saying? They got a lot of, lot of speed in the draft this year. So, um, hopefully, uh, we got Justin Lane. That's a cornerback, one of the best cornerbacks in the Big Ten last year, uh, from Michigan State. So, hopefully he can keep up. But, um, this is going to be a, this is going to be a great year of AFC North football. I can tell y'all that. Michael, what'd you think about this pick? Yeah, I mean... As y'all said, Hollywood Brown has the potential to put the ball in the end zone. Every time he touches it, whether that's returning game, receiver, jet sweeps and stuff like that, I mean, Oklahoma did a lot of things just to get him the ball. Hopefully, and I'm praying that he's blessed with good health, like his diminutive stature. He's only 170. I mean, only guy I've known that's been able to play at 170 for his whole career is Deshaun Jackson. Who is kind of – I mean, if he could be speed, straight, that's all we need. If he could be D-Jack for y'all <laughs> – that's a problem, bro. And y'all might, you know, y'all might start running the division a little bit. You feel me? I think Lamar Jackson makes enough strides passing where it's not necessarily a problem that he's not necessarily the biggest target. I feel like what you guys are going to do on offense, you guys are going to use newer concepts, not the same. Oh, we're going to run the ball 30 times up the middle and we're going to give Lamar Jackson 20 read options and we're going to only pass the ball five times. Y'all should be fine. I like this pick. I think he was honestly probably the best on the board just from an offensive standpoint, if you're looking for a playmaker. So, I think it's a perfect pick for you. Yeah, I, th- that's where I'm going. I think he's the he's the best playmaker in the draft. And, I mean, looking at it last year, Lamar Jackson didn't really have any help at wide receiver. Nah. They, that's, they had to run the ball because they didn't really have playmakers there. So, to get a talent like this um, in the first round, it definitely big time for the Ravens. Uh, the Redskins traded back into the first round with the Colts and got Montez Sweat, the end. 
from Mississippi State. Uh, I'll start with this one here. Just This is who I wanted at 15. The fact that he fell to 26 and we got him was a big steal for me. We gave up our second-round pick and next year's second-round pick, but I am totally fine with it to get a game-changer, somebody that's going to be starting from day one, and to see him develop and become one of the best pass rushers in the league, I thought there was nothing nothing wrong with this pick at all. Um, Michael, what do you think about it? Yeah, man. I mean, I think this is the perfect pick for what we needed. I mean, we quietly needed somebody to come up with the, uh, come on the edge from the other side of Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, we lost our two other right outside linebackers and the 3-4. I mean, Perdomic Fee was cool. I mean, look, it's not going to cut it. Montez Sweat, from day one, he's a starter. On that D-line, it possibly makes them the best D-line in the NFC. I mean, they're going to wreak havoc. I'm excited to see what Tom Sula is going to do. I'm excited, excited to see what the defense is going to do. Um, you know, I just think for what he does and what he does, he's probably the best player at that time you could get. I mean, if you want to do anything with your second-round pick, you might as well trade up and get a guy who's going to make an impact. So, basically, you got your for your second-round pick, you got Montez Sweat, and I think that's a win. So, I'm fine with that. I'm great with it, actually. Oh, Q? Uh, yeah, man. You guys got to play uh, Zeke twice a year, Saquon twice a year, and uh, Philly just got a nice back. So, with all of that going on in your division, you guys need some pass rushers. You need some edge rushers and people who could uh, stop the run. So, those mobile quarterbacks and Dak and Carson Wentz and uh, – well, not Daniel Jones or Eli, but, you know, <laughs> Same you play. guys uh, definitely need that pressure coming off. So, I think it was a solid pick and – I'm just so surprised how you guys are so aggressive this drive, man. It's ridiculous to me because we never see this kind of energy from a a franchise like these Washington <laughs> Hey, Prime, what'd you think about this pick? Uh, I think it was a good one, definitely a need. But when I seen you guys traded into the first round, I was thinking DK only because you did draft the quarterback. Only that. thing, only because you did draft the quarterback, and I was thinking, ah, oh, they traded it back in. Maybe they want to get DK Metcalf to go along with with uh, Haskins, and then you did draft one of Haskins' teammates in the later round. So I thought that was the direction you guys were going to go in. But your defense will be on the field more than the offense by a whole lot. So <laughs> you're going to have to bro. get a lot of defenders out there. No, we got to cook the Redskins, bro. We're trying to say so he like, had an A-plus hey, drive talking about we about to be on the field on defense. <laughs> hey, man, you got Case Keenum running the, running the show, man. I don't know. Oh, I mean, Case Keenum is, he's about to run the show. He's about to be our quarterback starting week one. That's going to be our starter. Um, I'm looking at the rest of this draft board. There's nothing really that stood out. Um, Nikhil Harry, I know we all loved him here in this draft, went, uh, went to the man. Patriots. It makes man. sense. Man. It makes sense. Like, it's just what he's they do. Burn us up, dog. <laughs> if, I could, if I could highlight one that I like yeah. real quick, is Jerry Tillery, D lineman from Notre Dame, going right to the Chargers. On that D line with Nick Bosa already, that's, that's yeah. A, yeah, yeah, it's a problem. Or with that's Joey Bosa, I mean. say, yeah, it's our it's a problem. That is a problem. I think it, they're trying to bolster their way back to the AFC playoffs, possibly a, a AFC championship game. So we're gonna see, but I like that a lot. Yeah, so I I think that's that's we could look through like second and third round maybe a little bit later. But I want to get into the NBA playoffs. Second round has been amazing so far. We had a game uh, a game. Seven in round one between the Denver Nuggets and the San Antonio Spurs. The Nuggets moved on, so it's officially Blazers versus Nuggets. Uh, we have the Celtics versus the Bucks. 
the Sixers versus um, the Raptors and the Houston Rockets versus uh, the Golden State Warriors. I want to start with the Houston Rockets-Golden State series. That game one has gone into the books. Golden State is up 1-0. But that game was talked about because of a lot of controversy and landing spot. James Harden looked like almost every three. He was falling down. He wasn't getting space to uh, to land. But then videos showed that he was kicking his legs out. So I just wanted to get you guys' take on what exactly you thought about this landing spot uh, situation. And, and since you are a Rockets fan in here, what, what did you think about that uh, that Golden State uh, Rockets game one? Man, they was cheating like hell. <laughs> Man, look, regardless, you want – look, it's James Harden. So, of course, we want nitpick, look at slow motion and all this other stuff. But I was, if that was Steph Curry or anything, all these things would be called fouls. And he wasn't even doing it just to James Harden. He was doing to Eric Gordon. They did a lot to Chris Paul. Like, it's just ridiculous at this point how, like, if you're going to – you're gonna call fouls this way. Call it like this the whole year. Don't let it slide during the regular season. If you want to enforce a rule, you gotta do it from day one. You can't just stop calling it in the postseason. And then everybody looking at Harden like, oh, he's not living up to where he's supposed to be. How you, you can't? I mean, call he's it. not. He what did he well, go? You, not, Ten for twenty eight. He's thirty percent. But if you if you can't call you can't call it in the regular season and not call it in the playoffs. They not letting him land. That's a new rule. I mean, you so, gotta abide by it. So what happened to the other seventy percent of his free, uh, his field goal percentage? Because they they weren't jumping in his face seventy percent of the time. I mean, he's look, he's he's, he's obviously not living the, up. he's obviously the best player. He's obviously the best player on the team, and and you got Clay Thompson, Iguodala, KD. Come on, bro. This is one of the top defenders on the league and on the wing. And Chris Paul is obviously he's gonna go to the Hall of Fame. But if you think about Chris Paul, he's not a scorer. He's more of a facilitator that can score. So. This it's a lot of pressure on James Harden, but I they they realize what's going on. So game two, they'll come out much better. Michael, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with both sides of this. Uh, I do agree with Ant talking about with transparency from calls. If you're gonna enforce this, that you have to have a clear path to land once you make the shot. Well. Yeah, James Harden might be kicking his legs out, but he's also using the rules to his advantage. We've seen Kobe do this for years. You know, use uh, certain types of uh, shooting fouls and stuff like that, jump into guys that clearly weren't trying to foul him. If you want to enforce it, you got to enforce it both ways. If you want to play it like that, you got to play it like that for everybody. Albeit, he did miss a lot of shots. So, like I said, I did see it both ways. Regardless, I mean, look, this is going to be a good series. James Harden is going to put... A fifty point on some. This is not going to be a good series, two. by the way. Warriors are winning in six games. Yeah, this like the Celtics are winning four. Mm. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey we, we, yeah, we, we can talk about it. Too. We, can, we can talk about it, man. We can talk about it. Look, man, hey, y'all been going on, on my guy. We gotta still talk about your guy. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to my guy. We're, t- we're going to talk about that series. But LQ, what do you think about this uh, Warriors Rocket series? Um, yeah, man, that was a, that was a great game yesterday, man. Uh, I, I really like what the uh, the Warriors are doing defensively, man. Uh, we haven't really seen them play with this much, you know what I'm saying, physicality yeah. on defense. Yeah, like uh, all year, basically. So uh, to see them come out with this sense of urgency, I guess the uh, Clippers series woke them up and told them they need to play their championship ball the entire postseason and not just the finals now. So, um 
Yeah, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, we can continue to get a great series. As far as the uh, foul calls, the only thing that I didn't like is uh, the presser after the game where James Harden was uh, asking for a, a fair share and a fair shake at the game when, you know, uh, a part of his game is, like you guys said, manipulating the rules, man. Uh, I'm 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 a Dwayne Wade guy. I'm big on D-Wade, and you know uh, one of his biggest things pump is the uh, pump fake lean into the foul. So, uh my guy, he's going to do it, but uh, if they call it, they call it. If they don't, they don't. And that's, you know what I'm saying, the, the lay of the land and how the game is played. But uh, in Harden's situation, the I want to say those closeouts by Clay in the first half. Those were fouls. They, they lost by three points. So if just one of those plays are called, it's a, it's a tie game and those guys are going to overtime. So, you know – I just think that they have to consistently call the game, and that's what they did. So I'm not necessarily mad at the Draymond play because they didn't call the Clay plays. But if they called those and didn't call the other, it'd be an issue. But one thing we do as fans is we clamor for consistency, and that's exactly what they gave us. So we can't be too mad at they gave us what we asked for. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get your predictions, uh, both uh, Prime and LQ. So uh, for the Warriors, the Rocket Series, who do you guys have in how many games? Rockets and seven, man. You know this. <laughs> you know yeah, this. Rockets and six. Oh, you know this. Man. Rockets and six. Oh, Come man. on, man. Yeah, Chris Paul six, is yeah. back, man. You so the Warriors only winning one game for the rest of the series, LQ. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man. <laughs> I respect it. Yeah. I respect it. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm on the limb, man. I've been on the limb like this all season, man, and it's been working out pretty good. I said the uh, – Celtics were the best team in the East a few weeks back, and I also said that the uh, Trailblazers were the third best team in the West, and uh, those looking like some pretty good statements at this moment in time. So, well, that's, I just hope the Rockets keep me. I'm telling you, that, that, that streak is ending. That streak is ending in about a week and a half <laughs> after the Warriors take care of the Rockets. Uh, but you did talk about it just now that you said that Celtics were the best team in the uh, in the East. We had our midseason or after the All Star break preview of what exactly was going on. You ranked the Celtics as that number one team and had them coming out of the Eastern Conference Finals. And they dominated the Bucks from end to end throughout the game, first to fourth, um, their last game. I I have to say it. I thought the Bucks were going to handle the uh, Celtics in six games. I do not think that's the case now. Giannis got bodied by Al Horford. I, just, I, can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't deny it. I mean, but, my my MVP had a bad game. We we all do. We, we all do have bad games here and there. But oh, everybody can have a bad game, but James Harden. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> no, I mean when James Harden have a bad game. It's like oh oh oh. When Harden, well, look, when Giannis have a bad game, nobody said nothing. Nobody I said mean, anything. I mean, because this, this is already James Harden's already had about a couple bad games already in the NBA playoffs. If we if we, if we want to talk about it, James Harden. <laughs> who, who did who did Giannis three, play the first I'm round? Sit back. Game three, we we saw we saw James Harden not score a Dude, field goal. You can't even name the, you can't even name the Pistons starting lineup. Come come on now. What what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that have to do with the what does that have the, to do with the Utah Harden? Jazz is a formidable all around basketball team. You can't yeah, even name the Eagles. Pistons starting uh-huh. lineup. So because okay. you Utah, I didn't know Utah were world beaters. They beat OKC last year, but that's not a big thing. That's not a big deal. Anybody can be okay. They're formidable. They're formidable, though. If they were in the the East, they'd be like, come on now. Yeah, the Jazz are better than the Pistons. I'm not arguing that. But James Harden can score a a bucket until until the fourth quarter. Like, I mean, 
He he could score one bucket. So. <laughs> I mean, the we, game, the game, he, the game he started over fifteen. He got it cooking in the fourth. So I mean, and he won the game in the fourth quarter. So I mean, well, we we seen it from James Harden. I'm just saying we seen it from James Harden before. Giannis is also he's also come up short in previous playoff series. So he has to show up big tomorrow if the Celtics take. A 2-0 lead in Milwaukee. It's over. I'm calling call it a sweep. It's going to be a sweep because they're not winning. Jeez. They're not winning game three or game four. If they do not win game Bro. two, it's going to be a sweep. Oh wow! Because Damn. they don't have Malcolm Brogdon, which is seen, which seems like a big deal now because Kyrie. They can't win without Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, bro. Second round pick. With Sterling Brown, bro. I mean, he 24 from that pack. But Con- if, Connaughton? that's that's how that's how they that's how they play together. I mean, it's Giannis, it's Giannis, Meritich, Brook Lopez, Eric Bledsoe. You're, we're acting like the Bucks have world beaters. They the don't. Celtics, it, they are a better team in almost every single position. But you have the MVP though. Come on now. I, I mean, we, we the Rockets had the MVP <laughs> last season. They won the and we played the Warriors. Not, they, they, not the Celtics. Not yeah, the young bloods. They're not just young bloods. They have Kyrie Irving, one of the best point guards in the league. Gordon Hayward, Al Horford. Jalen Jalen yeah, Brown, Jason Tatum, like they have he a got better body by Al Horford. Though. He did. There's there's no there's no arguing that he got. He got to draw fifty tomorrow. I mean, I I, I believe in Giannis. <laughs> I believe they're going to win this game. I still think they're going to win this series, even though it didn't look good, too good, uh, game one. But Michael, what 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 were you thinking about this series? Um, I mean, going into it, bro. Honestly, I picked Milwaukee. I think it's seven. I think I did say it was going to be very competitive though. So. I see this going back and forth. Even if they win this next game, I don't necessarily see it being a sweep. Giannis has a game in him, bro. Giannis is going to get them at least a game if it's going to get to that point. Um, yeah, Giannis was getting bodied out there. Kind of going to the team aspect, though, and that's more what I'm focused on. Uh, the Bucks missed a lot of shots from free throw and field goals. They only shot 34%. Meanwhile, the Celtics shot 54%, and they made much more better use of their three-point shots. Um I mean, dude, it's a team-oriented game in the playoffs. You got to have the better team at the end of the day. The Celtics do have the better team. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks do have the MVP, though, I feel like. So, we're going to see how it plays out. I definitely like what I saw from the Celtics, and I've been clamoring for this since that little that little issue they had during the season where it was like they not kind of falling apart. They don't like playing with each other. This is really the team that can do it. We're kind of seeing and I'm seeing that Brad Stevens kind of focused on that. When they're playing together and they're playing good basketball, this team is really hard to beat, so – We'll see how it plays out, but I'm not I'm not too I'm not down on the Bucks for not yet. LQ. I have never believed in the Milwaukee Bucks. You guys know this. Um Giannis is great, man. I I would never take anything away from his game, but I I don't like Eric Bledsoe. I told you guys that his play is not consistent enough to win them a whole series by him alone. Um, the only other player to score in double digits yesterday, other than Giannis, was Chris Middleton, and he had 16. Brooke Lopez had three. Sterling Brown had three. George Hill had Sterling nine. Brown is pl- – bro, y'all – Yeah, Sterling y'all, Brown played 22 Y'all been talking about how the Bucks like their squad. Nigga, Sterling Brown is playing right now in the NBA playoffs. I don't want to hear – I don't want to hear this Giannis team uh, – Giannis team narrative anymore because – Hey, Mirtich hey, got sneaky 13. I mean, hey, I, I just don't see it, man. These guys don't have the experience. They don't have the firepower to beat these Celtics, man. 
Um, the Celtics yesterday, for the first time in a while, really played like a team. All season, they've been at odds, and, you know, they've had their issues with playing time and who's taking the last shot. But it seemed like yesterday, everything was clicking and everyone is on the same page. So, as long as they're playing that brand of basketball, I'm really comfortable with them in this series versus the Bucks and next series versus either the uh, Sixers or, you know, the Raptors. Yeah, so that's that's a good uh, lead-in into – uh, that next series there, the Sixers and the Raptors. Six uh, Raptors took game one. They're currently playing game two right now. With about a minute left in the game, the Sixers are up three points. So by the, probably by the end of this podcast, we'll, we'll, we'll know who, who won this game. But what are your initial thoughts on this series, and where do you think it's going at? Um, I've been a Philly believer only because I do believe talent will always win the series. But um, I'm, it's looking like the Raptors are the better team. Obviously, I think they have the best player in the series, but I do think Philly has the better team, but the Raptors also have the better coach. Oh, damn, Siakam. But um, I don't know. This series, I think, will go seven, but if Toronto does win this game... Uh, That's a big problem. It's it's tough, but they, I think uh, if Toronto win this game, they'll win in five, but if Philly win this game, they'll... I think they're winning seven, so it's it's gonna be one of the better series. Michael, oh my god, yeah, Embiid um, is a dog. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Damn, <laughs> damn. Yeah, that. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Yeah. We all watching this. Live. We're watching this yeah. game yeah. live, bro. Right on two. Damn. That was insane, all right. bro. So actually, I was about to touch on what I'm not seeing <laughs> from the Sixers. So yeah, I I mean overall, what I'm not seeing from the Sixers is just productivity, bro. They're not making the most of their possessions. They're shooting terrible. Albeit, their good defense has been played on both sides, and then kind of just taking shots to get buckets into the uh, get shots into the bucket, but yeah. For the second game in a row, there's only one player over 20, uh, 20 points, and that's Jimmy Butler. I don't even think he got that in the first game, so Jimmy Butler is, is getting, what, 30 right now. On the other side, looking at the Raptors, bro, I mean, if Kawhi Leonard keeps averaging 30-plus this series, the series is over. If Pascal Siakam keeps averaging over 20 or, like, 25 for the series, the series is over. They have the better coach. I don't necessarily think they have the better team. And I don't know if they have the best player. I think Embiid's probably the best player, but they have the second best player and the best defender out there. So I still think it's a close series regardless. Um, I think I might have predicted, like, going to six or seven, and I probably predicted the 76ers. I'm going to stay with that. I think they might get it together towards the end of the series. The series doesn't, doesn't really mean anyway. When those first two games get out of there, but if the Sixers don't get out of this and Game Three comes around and they're down, you might see a little bit of folding going on. So I'm gonna stick with my pick, 76ers. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Raptors and Kawhi. It looks a little hungry to get that championship. Yeah, <clears throat> LQ. Yeah, man, the Raptors are playing some really good ball right now, and uh, I also like what Philly's doing, man. Uh, the addition of Tobias really helps them a lot as far as the spacing. So um, the only issue oh, I have with Toronto Lord. is, Whew. yeah, that was. <laughs> oh, Danny! Oh, I was like a lot. Yeah, we're, oh. yeah, we're doing it live on the podcast. <laughs> oh. All right, all right, there, bush. <laughs> and there's game. Green is bush. There's game. Yeah, they brought him over for I don't like reason. Kyle Lowry at all. Oh, Kyle Lowry is the problem, bro. I don't. 
I don't believe he's the curse. So. Oh, look at Drake! Oh man, <laughs> Drake is yeah, sick. Was, he tried to. I don't know if he tried to throw it in between his legs or. I, Danny I Green got to make really that shot though. He got to make that. That was shot. very bad execution. When you guys uh, hear this, just watch the last fifteen seconds of the uh, <laughs> Raptors seventy six again. That was horrible execution. Um, so we have a one-one series. Yeah, so it's not bad. Yeah, that, that I think that that both that's yeah, that's a key. I think that talks to why I think it's gonna go uh, six games. Uh, I like the Sixers. I like the talent. Uh, I've never been a believer in the Raptors. I, they they surprised me with game one. I thought Philly was gonna be able to take um, both two games and then Raptors win game three and then will, uh, but Philly wins in six. I'm going to stick with my Philly and six just because that's what I uh, had originally. Uh, but like you said, Micah, they need to shoot a lot better. And I think role players play and shoot a lot better at home. And I'm expecting that from the 76ers. So if they can get those two, that's definitely going to be big time. Uh, we've talked about every other series, but the one that has started, which is starting after this Philly Toronto game, the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers. Before we, before we even get to this series, I want to touch back on, Portland versus OKC. Um, oh, man. Damian Lillard set Oklahoma City packing. He waved to them Idiot. goodbye. And I just want to get your thoughts on what is going on with Oklahoma City and what they need to do to rebuild that franchise because it's obviously not working. They've won four games since KD left for the Golden State Warriors. So what else do they need to do? Uh, let's start Let's start with you, LQ. They just need some shooting, man. Like, uh, defensively, they play pretty – uh, I want to say good and decent for the first, I want to say, two or three games. But after that, they just lost a lot of energy. They couldn't really hit a lot of shots, as we've talked about on this podcast numerous times. Russell Westbrook is not an efficient jump shooter at all. Um, he did have a, a couple triple-doubles this series, so I guess it wasn't such a bad series for him. But uh, in terms of the team aspect, uh, I don't think outside of Dennis Schroeder, anybody else on that team other than Paul George had any effort. So they just need a lot of effort, guys, and some more three-point shooting, man. That's the way that the league is going, positionless basketball and three-point shooting. Outside of Westbrook and Paul George, they have zero playmakers. So they are in a serious need for a playmaker. I think they should uh, get in their best effort to get a guy like uh, maybe Jimmy Butler or even Blake Griffin being an Oklahoma guy. So if they can get either one of those guys, I think they'll be in a pretty good situation to compete in the West. But until then, I I don't know, man. I don't even think they can make the playoffs <laughs> next year. By the way, we just seen that. That was that was rough. It was a huge collapse, man. Um. Well, they didn't trade Russell Westbrook, but nobody wants that. I don't think anybody's gonna want him. So uh, I don't know what you can do. I think honestly, you just keep this team together and wait till his contract expires. Because obviously, he's a loyalty guy. KD left, so I feel like he wasn't gonna be the one, the the next one to leave. He's just not. He's just not efficient. He he can't shoot. Um, he all yeah, he's a, a leader in assists, but you don't really look at Westbrook as a great passer like a LeBron or even a Rondo. So like, 
I don't know. It's all driving kick. It's just—it's not like he's creating opportunities. He's kicking. He's kicking kick. nobody. Yeah. He's kicking the Terrence Ferguson in the corner. But it's not like that. <laughs> they, I don't know. Really. Paul George, obviously, them two are you know very close friends, but he made a wrong decision. Your friendship is if going Paul to win George, a championship. If 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 he if Paul George is on the Lakers or they, Philly, like Philly anywhere else, perfect. Any but, anywhere else. Russell Westbrook is he's a he's, he's a, a great he's an he's dude. I don't know man he they'll just be still just be in this little stuck little place until he's off the team and they'll go back into a rebuilding mode. Yeah, see, and that's I guess that's my thing, my biggest thing, and it feels like they're not making any progress really since KD has left. Yeah, Russell, you know, he's getting his triple doubles third time, well third season in a row. He got his nice little triple double thing, but bro, clearly he is not a productive ball handler or a primary ball handler. He gets the stats, but, and okay, maybe he gets the impact a little bit. But if you're asking him at the end of the game to put up a shot or do anything of any sort of worth, he's going to deck it. And I think that's the biggest problem. In certain situations, Russ cannot have the ball in his hands. He has to get it out of his hands. So that calls for another primary ball handler. Paul George, I don't necessarily think he's the primary ball handler type. I think he works better, like, off screens and stuff like that. So you either you get a get a, like a shooting guard that can do it, or you get I don't know you just gotta get somebody that complements those two games. But the problem is Russ game compliments nobody. So what do you do? You're not you can't trade. No, for real though. Listen, you can't trade Russ because the contract is disgusting. If PG walks, which I don't even see he might do that, he walks and then what? You're stuck with just Russ again. So if you keep them together. What happens is they said much of the same. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs again, but it'll be another first-round exit unless something happens. I don't even think firing Billy Donovan is going to be the answer because at the end of the day, bro, you're bringing, like, Raymond Felton off the bench. Like, you're not getting anything from anybody. There's no effort out there. They're missing high-energy guys. This is a lot going on. I just – I hope Russ takes it upon himself to really look at this and improve what he's doing, and really be more efficient with everything he does. And please, for the love of God, stop taking jump shots, bro. If you, if you have an open jumper at this point, just Ben Simmons it <laughs> and pass it. Unless you're just hot and it's one of your 50-point games, just chill. Because we don't even need those misses because, bro, these 5 for 25 jumps, taking the leaning threes, it's, it's not it, bro. It's just not it. Yeah, I mean, I've been on this. Uh, I'm not a big Russ fan, even when he won his MVP. I think it's all fake Salute. stats. Uh, when you're scoring 25 points on 28 shots, that's not it's not great. Um, getting rebounds where Stephen Adams can get him, you're just going up higher. That's cool. The assist, that's that's actually the only real stat that he has that I I give to him because he's getting other people um, other people buckets there. But OKC is going to be in the same spot for the next couple of years. It's going to be first round exits. It's going to be like you said, and potentially not even making the playoffs because nothing. What, what is going to change? I mean, you get a better backup point guard than Dennis. Uh, besides Dennis Schroeder. And Raymond Felton, like, I didn't even know he was still in the NBA, but he's playing minutes in the playoffs. So, heavy man. <laughs> you got yeah, a lot of like problems. 30. If, if he's going ahead and playing playing time for you. So, they got to revamp that roster. Sam Presti has always been seen. Everybody's been talking about how he's a genius, but he let Harden. Oh, he, he traded Harden for a bag of chips. Uh, he decided to keep Ibaka over Harden. Ibaka eventually left. Wasn't able to keep KD, and now we have Russ. He was able to re-sign PG, but what is, what is he shown? He hasn't built a great team, and they're not going to go far. But since this series hasn't started yet between Denver and Portland, I just want to get quickly 
your predictions on who wins this series and how many games. Uh, I think. I think yeah, we we gonna go on a consensus to go and say Portland, man. Uh, yeah, I don't really think the amount of games. I, I would like to see a seven game series, but uh, if we see it go in five or six, I that'd be cool too. But um, I don't really, I haven't really seen a lot from the Nuggets to tell me they can beat the Trailblazers at the level they're playing. Um, I know Murray had a amazing game seven against the Spurs and Jokic did as well as him having that good old triple double we were talking about with the win but uh, yeah man I think uh, yeah I think Portland gives up the game tonight so I think it's Portland in six I think they lose the game tonight just off of kind of not necessarily rest purposes but they just came off a high and not because you know I mean then again, the Nuggets did just have a whole series but it's having two. So I I think Nuggets take the game tonight, it being a home game, but I think Dame's gonna take over. Honestly, I see it. McCollum's gonna play perfectly off him. Blazers in six. Um I think I predicted that if the Spurs didn't get to the second round and play the Blazers, that the Blazers are probably gonna go to the Western Conference Finals. I mean they're gonna lose, but I think they get there, so I'm excited to see it. Shout out Dame for finally just putting it all together. Yeah, my guy. Dang dollar. Logo Lillard, whatever you want, call him. I've been on this bandwagon for about five years now. My guy, Dame Lillard. And and, and now everybody's showing love. He'll get it done. He'll be first team on NBA. Him and Harder, my two guys, but um I think one sleeper dude. Tory Craig is going to make a little life a little difficult for Dame Lillard, but he'll adjust and he'll dominate the series. Yeah, uh, for me there, I'm, I'm, I'm going Dame. Uh, like I've been saying, Dame, Dame's, Dame's my guy now. Uh, I don't really have... <laughs> I, I, I Sorry, don't John have, Wall. I don't have my point guard anymore in John Wall. Uh, he was in Rose, Rose Bar, uh, tearing his Achilles, so I, I need a new team. Uh, it's getting boring rooting for the Warriors, so my my new guy is Dame Dollar. Uh, he took care of of Russ, and now he's going to take care of the Nuggets. So I'm going Portland in six games. But this has been this has been like one of our longest episodes that we've recorded to date. Uh, we got any last minute last minute information on just anything in the NBA or any uh, series or storylines that you've seen? Nah, nah, man, I think we could. Just ready for NFL season, man. We know the Warriors about to win it all this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, we oh, yeah. <laughs> Warriors winning it all, uh, then hopefully uh, KD leads and we get some. We'll have some fun in NBA free agency. Well, it looks like that's going to wrap up our podcast today. So for Mike, for Micah, for LQ, and for Prime, we'll see you next week on the Micah Micah podcast. Peace.